Hello and welcome back to Conversations with the Mind. I'm your host as always, Shane LaMaster. Um, I want to thank, uh, start by thanking everybody who's been listening and sharing our podcast. Uh, we've been getting a lot more listeners lately, um, and that's great. Even though I don't uh, get to see who is tuning in to, to listen, um, you know, uh, people who are listening are, are contacting me and reaching out, which is great. So I want to thank everybody for doing that. That's a big part of us getting our word out. Um, and um, so first off, I want to start by by letting everyone know that we are sponsored by my private practice consulting firm, MindOps. You can find us at mindops.com. That's M-I-N-D hyphen O-P-S dot com. Um, we'll, we're a full-service counseling and consulting firm um, with specialties in addiction counseling, general psychotherapy, psychedelic integration therapies, and sport and performance psychology um, interventions. So if you have any mental health needs um, or if you just want a, a quick tune-up and um, some performance enhancement through mental training, um, please reach out to us on that website. Also, if you have any comments for our guests or comments for me about uh, group topics that we talk about that might interest you, um, please leave, our, leave your comments at that website as well. I also believe that there is a section in the podcast app to be able to leave comments, but I haven't played around with that. So feel free to play around with that, and hopefully I'll get those notifications. Um, so that's the, the sponsorship piece. Um, and as always, you know, as part of our mind, uh, our podcast, we like to bring out um, some positive news into the world. Um, you know, we're bombarded every day by negative messages, whether it be from um, the media or from, you know, educators or, um, you know, people that, that just aren't supportive of, of our dreams and goals and, and the beautiful things out there. So we like to bring a little bit of positivity to your day today. Um, so I found this, these articles recently that new studies were done about um, tattoos in the workplace, and I'm um, pretty tattooed up, so that's a, an interest to me. And I'd always been told, you know, growing up that, you know, you know my first tattoos, my mom would say things like, you're never going to get a good job or you're never going to get into college or whatever. And I took it upon myself to sort of prove people wrong in that sense. Um, so now I'm all tatted up. And um, I found, you know, this new article that came out that says uh, new studies are finding that tattoos are no longer a barrier to getting jobs in the workplace uh, really struck my interest. Um, the first article that I found was from Inked Magazine, which, you know, they're biased. So it wasn't surprising. But when it started to show up in more mainstream venues like uh where is it? NBC News, USA Today, that they were also uh, reporting this. You know, it, it really sparked my interest that the, the general conservative public is starting to jump on board with this. Um, so I looked further into it, and, and some of the, the recent studies before these new studies, you know, as late as 2013, were showing that tattoos are barriers and reduce chances of getting hired. Um, this was put out by the Huffington Post and, and people like that. But... Um, these new studies are showing that, in fact, um, people's mindset around tattoos are changing. And in just a short amount of time, from 2013 to now, that's you know five years, and people are hiring more, um, and and not uh, you know tattoos are not as big of a barrier. So I think that's good news uh, to put out there. So for those of you who want to pursue your creativity through that uh, means, and you've been afraid to do so because of worrying about barriers. The research is on your side. Um, do it. So Don't do be it. afraid. Don't be afraid. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, you only live once. So that being said, that was our good news story for today. We have a very special guest with us today. Um, um, 
my coach, uh, my jujitsu coach, my MMA coach, uh, Brian Zeeler. Uh, we refer to him as Z in the gym, and everybody refers to him as Z. Uh, I wanted to have Z on, um, and have been since the inception of this podcast, wanted to have him on because he's been instrumental um, as a, a male role model or a mentor in my life. Um, I'm not sure if, if you knew that. but No, I actually didn't. Yeah, but, I'm usually um, shocked when I hear that, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Um, so... You know, for me, you know, Z has, has played this this role uh, in my life where, you know, I didn't grow up with a father, um, and so I didn't have male role models growing up, and I had to latch on to whatever was available, and unfortunately, a lot of those men were, um, you know, abusers uh, to my mom, you know, and I, I saw a lot of bad behaviors, and I saw a lot of what not to do, um, so... Right away in high school, I started attaching to coaches and to, you know, through athletics, I gained a lot of this um, this sense of a role model, like a direction mm-hmm. from other males in my life. And um, I only have a handful of, of men in my life that, you know, helped to fill that, that gap that was left by my dad. Um, and I think that's important for anybody out there who, who may be raised by a single parent to actively seek out positive man, positive role models yeah, to fulfill that yeah. role. How right? do you know where you want to go unless you see somebody who's sure knows how to get there. Right. Yes, or is there. Or they've bla- blazed a path already. Yeah. Um, so you and, you know, uh, my other MMA coach, my first one, Michael Sullivan, who's going to be the... I, aff- I know him very well. Yeah, yeah. The efficient at my wedding. You two um, have been primary, um, you know, in in my personal development. What did you say he's doing person. at the wedding? He's my officiant. He's he's marrying me and Callie. Ah, yeah. Nice. yeah. So that'll be interesting. Good. Um, that is cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I wanted to have you on today. So thank you for coming. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, thank you for having me. So um, I always start off my podcast by asking the same question, um, which is you know based on the title of the podcast, conversations with the mind. Mm-hmm. So when I say that phrase to you. Um, I just want to get a sense of, of what comes to your mind when you when you think of the phrase conversations with the mind. What resonates? Um, I think just maybe conversations of the mind would, would bring the thought of what topics connect? What are, uh, what are topics that are something that matter to you that also have something to do with what what I maybe I would be interested or involved in, and mm-hmm. and maybe how those two really kind of start to find a, a a direct line to each other, I guess. So forming that connection, yeah, between two, what we Topics think are independent or, lines, right? Or thought processes, and and to see w- how the line in between. I think even also that is is the line in between. Is it a straight line or is it a kind of a an angled line hitting in between two conversations. If you have any idea on what I mean by that, I think I know what you mean. Like the straight line would be like if two people's ideas on a certain topic just totally match up. Yeah, and you right? can feel that. Usually, right. you can feel that right away. And then the curvy or angled line might be like, well, we're both on the same page halfway, but we have disagreements in certain areas. Yeah, and different ways to get there. Different ways to 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 reach the same end goal, but but. Different ways to get there, different journeys. Okay. So, yeah, I think that's what comes to my mind when I hear that. Nice. Okay. So, I mean, you have a, a, you know, more, I would say more than a lifetime's worth of experience in the athletic realm. 
Um, and I think that's an important thing that we need to, you know, talk about in our, in our podcast, because I feel like what you, the value that you bring not only to us in the gym, but the value that you bring to humanity is closely linked to your experiences through athletics and your development as a person, as a human being, as you know, your resilience, all that stuff. And what you can bring to other people is based off of a lot of these experiences. Yeah, and I'm I'm just finding that stuff out now. Dude. <laughs> like I was saying, I was interested when you said something about being a mentor. Uh, that always shocks me, and I do hear it, but it, every single time it takes me back because even when I started the the gym, my intention was never to do anything except for teach weights and wrestling, mm-hmm. and I thought that would be the entirety of the gym and the gym has become so much more than that in every way possible um it's become ingrained and and woven in so many people's lives like Mm -hmm. beyond what i thought it would ever be and uh, i just think that's really crazy how that how athletics can really make a connection like that Mm -hmm when you think it, yeah. it's that's the sport that usually people go to or the leisure time that people go to to get away from their lives mm-hmm. and the things that matter but that's actually the part where they're developing lives and what matter in their lives mm-hmm. so you never you never had the intention of being a mentor no you just kind of not, <laughs> at, all. not yeah. at all and that's why it surprises you because you kind of fell into that role yeah, with a I lot of fell people. into it but I also fell in love with that role I mm-hmm. guess as it was happening but it was shocking as I it was happening. I think a lot of people who would be approached with that role would shy away from it and say, like, no, 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 no I'm not going to do that. But you kind of, like, rose to the challenge, and you're like, oh, hell yeah, this is it, another interested. aspect. I yeah. was interested as why, why that was uh-huh. happening. Um, but, yeah, um, I think, like, like, for me, doing athletics is, like I was saying, is about getting away. It's mm-hmm. about... Uh, for okay. me, weightlifting is an escape. Mm-hmm. It's my time to be just to not have the stressors of life, to not have the anything that can attack you. You just have your headphones or no headphones, whatever you choose, and and some rusty weights, and you get to just be you for an hour. When I when I really look into that, I guess that's that's one of the hours that is is creating you mm-hmm. which I, instead of escaping from you and from your normal life it's actually becoming what makes you it's and building and molding you yeah so when you're when you're what i've seen when you're in a team environment and you're in the like a, the gym like aziz gym the team um luckily i get to lead the practices but i get to also have the front row seat for the, the bonds that are created inside that gym and I get to see the actual process of the creation being happening and people that are coming in to the gym that are looking for something in life they're looking for a little bit more out of their life I've heard you talk about that before like you, you said like people aren't really even looking for martial art they're looking for something usually, deeper like some deeper answers about who they are Usually, yeah, and I, I see that, and, I, and maybe it's just a, a social connection. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. uh, peer support, or or to be a part of something 
that they're getting encouragement and goal setting and whatever whatever they're looking for. It's not always some big gaping hole. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just the belonging, just mm-hmm. to simply belong to something where where they matter. And I think that's a basic human need. Back to connection. Requirement. Yeah, connection. And, and to know that you're unique but not far off where everybody else is, mm-hmm. I, I think is also most people would admit they have to. Now, we've been talking about athletics in generalities, um, but you and I engage in specific athletics, you know, wrestling, um, combat sports, you know, striking, jujitsu, these types of things. And these sports in particular are a lot more um, physical, right? They're as far as like human to human physical contact, skin yeah. to skin, as opposed to someone who goes out and plays baseball or soccer right. or whatever, right? I guess a good way to put that is I think the sport that we've chosen or the sports that we've chosen, you kind of, you have your soul as your armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to be good at these sports, like the wrestling and the combat sports, unless you are kind of strong all the way through. Um, you can't just be physically strong to do these sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to take away from basketball or baseball mm-hmm. or any of those sports, which are amazing sports on themselves, but but I think you can just be physically gifted or athletic sure. and be able to excel at those sports. Mm-hmm. These sports, um, the combat type sports, really you have to have like the mental and the spiritual and the and the physical as well as the endurance in every one of those realms. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, is that what you're yeah. thinking? Yeah, but, um, and I, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, the people that I see stick with this path long term are the people that work on all those areas, not mm-hmm. just the physical, not, you know, they take in the mental and the spiritual. You know, jujitsu for me, when I first started, was purely physical. Like, I got into it to learn how to fight or to learn how to defend myself against fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when I reached my blue belt, I started um, engaging the spiritual aspect that was already present in my life, but started in- integrating that together with the jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And I got so much more out of it. It was more fulfilling. And then at purple belt, I really started to focus mostly on the spiritual and the, the flow aspect of jiu-jitsu rather than... Um, you know, I have to be the strongest in the class or I have to be the most technical. No, I don't. I just have to find my own style that works for me and works really well and that I feel good doing. You know, it's become more of like a lifestyle as opposed to just something I do. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's integrated in every part of my life, you know? Yeah. I'm getting married in geese, for God's sake. You yeah, know? that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's the same for you too. You know, your tattoo right here, we're just talking about tattoos one of your Got your biggest yeah, your first sleeve your biggest tattoo on your body is a jujitsu tattoo it's it's all jujitsu it's full of metaphors for for jujitsu right yeah we got the lion choking out well that's actually me choking out mata leon which is rear naked choke we have the gym quote we have my black belt we have uh the ground is my ocean and a big shark mm-hmm. so yeah Talking about the tattoo thing, I think that's really cool that, that mm-hmm. it's changing like that. And even for me, it's it's changed. I see lawyers and police officers and uh, 
just all different realms, doctors that are that are fully sleeved. And mm-hmm. I think they were uh, 10 years ago. They mm-hmm. just were still wearing long sleeves during their job hours. Sure, and but now, now they can show. Now they're rolling up their sleeves, and I think it, for me, it actually changes a lot because I feel like I can, the realness of Thank somebody. You. I would rather have a doctor come in that has his full sleeve tattoo of something you know, classy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Something I, well done. Yeah, at least I would know that that you can you can reach them. They're they're a person just like you. They're not yeah. looking down on you. I've experienced that too with my um, my last knee surgeon. Uh, he didn't have tattoos or anything, but he came in the room and just started cussing up a storm. Yes. And I was like, "You're my sold, guy, right there." Sold. So it's about that connection, right? And mm-hmm. for me, like, I've heard my whole life, like. Um, like I said, like tattoos are going to prevent you from doing all this stuff. But in my counseling practice, it's done the exact opposite. The more authentic I am and I roll up my sleeves when I go to work and my mm. clients see that, most of them connect with that. Yeah. They're like, this guy's real. He's been through some shit, you know. He's not just talking out of a book. Um, and right away I have that rapport and that, you know, in our in our own research in my field, that accounts for 40% of the outcome is the, the relationship that you have, right? Sure. And I think that that is the same with you and, you know, your clients or gym members or teammates, whatever you want to call them at our gym is, you know, that connection is the most important aspect of whether they're going to develop into a competent um, jiu-jitsu fighter or mm-hmm. whether they're going to burn out or disconnect from the team yeah yeah that is big um you can never really tell how you're going to connect you can feel it in the beginning but some that you feel like you got a good connection with they they go they go away and some that you wouldn't know that you have a connection with stay forever searching Mm. for it and i think that's that's cool because you never can you never can base it off that it's just that first impression, even though you can get pretty good at, at, at like zoning in on is is this person going to fit in this gym? Are mm-hmm. they going to make it into this team? Are they going to be a good fit for us as well as us for them? But you never really know because there's always those shockers mm-hmm. that, that come from nowhere, and that's cool. I love um, watching that. So I, I, I didn't mean to be rude, but I'm... You guys at home don't know what I'm doing. I'm I'm looking online for this particular um, article by one of my another one of my male role models and idols, Henry Rollins. Um, he has a this great um, short piece about how um, lifting weights and his time with the iron is what shapes him and you know what molds him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm trying to find that while we're also talking, um, but. If anybody, if anybody out there wants to look that up, you know, it's a, it's a really famous piece by Henry Rollins. Um, I'm probably not going to have time to pull it up right now, but he talks a lot about how the iron never lies to you. Is right? this it? Um, we're close to it. You know, uh, this talks about, yeah, like hating himself as a kid, um, you know, meeting. This is a really famous story of his, um, you know, a meeting a powerful male role model in his life, an old Vietnam vet who sort of didn't take his shit and... And um, set him really simple goals in the beginning to start lifting weights. Um, let's see. Um, now I'm talking about his appreciation um, for the weights. That's that's one thing that just touching on that a little bit with mm-hmm. weight training. 
Uh, and I think a lot of people that actually lift weights on a daily basis are missing out with that. So maybe if you get nothing more from me in this conversation, it's maybe this will help. If you, uh, when you're lifting weights, um, it's, it's all about setting tangible goals. Okay. I mean, really, that's what weightlifting is. And when you're talking about sets and reps and how much weight you're putting on, and there's so many chances for failure to go to occur in a, in a weight training, specifically moment, weight right? training. Yeah. And it's even in the way that people count, counting up to their number 10, one, two, three, four, maybe they get to six and they're about ready to quit and then they never make it to 10. Um, so I've really tried in my weight training to always succeed and then add one or two. Mm-hmm. So no matter what I'm doing, I, I make sure that I that I hit my number. Mm-hmm. And even if I have to adjust my number going in, I know that I'm going to hit my number so that I'm all I'm constantly just feeding myself success, yeah, success, success yeah. over and over. And then I get the opportunity to, to do more. That's huge. It's like bonus reps. Yeah. Right. Like I was talking about that with one of my clients today because she sits. um well, yeah. So we're talking about expectations here, right? If we set our expectations too high um, and we're constantly not meeting those expectations, we're feeding ourselves negative reinforcement, right? Like failure, 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 mm-hmm. and that gets ingrained, right? Then we learn to fail. Um, but if we just adjust that expectation just a little bit lower and know that we can hit that, not too low that it's you know guaranteed, but it's right. still a challenge, but lower it just enough so that we hit it, and then all the rest is bonus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I apply that mindset sometimes when you're really pushing us in class that, you know, the bare minimum is to perform at my best. And if I get a sudden second wind or a rush, like, that's a bonus, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm almost, like, begging for more reps in my mind because I'm like, okay, we just did the bare minimum. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that feeling. That mindset can go through a lot, especially... Not just to jujitsu, but I think it's very, it's very apparent in in weight training. Sorry, I think that's very apparent in weight training because it's so, so by the numbers. Now jujitsu is a little bit more artistic of a form, mm-hmm. and the the workouts are a little bit more individual based. So um, even though you're you're working out with a team, but your your the reward system is a little bit more. Uh, less rules to it did you get tapped out can you tap somebody out Mm -hmm. did you go a full round did you go five full rounds did you go ten full rounds did you do all your conditioning there's so much that can be in a workout for Mm -hmm. jujitsu that it's hard to um like the numbers aren't harder to quantify yeah i guess yeah because with the with the weights you can like literally put a tick mark down for every rep that you did if you wanted to yeah but I think that change in that mindset will help you get through the other things. And I think what you were talking about right there is when you're, when you're doing jiu-jitsu, maybe at white belt, is to have expectations that are realistic. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think a lot of people get things so, so wrong is their expectations are far beyond their capabilities at the moment Mm -hmm. Um, when you're a white belt your job is simply to just ask questions Mm -hmm. to to have an open mind to learn 
to to find and seek out the most knowledge possible and then really just collect information mm-hmm. that's that's a white belt a blue belt has to then change their expectations um, no longer is it just about learning but you're going to have to actually create your own and you're going to have to physically be able to put your your jujitsu behind your mind so now you have the information and now you have to apply the information Mm -hmm. in in your own way and that will obviously change into purple belt when you are then creating a little bit of your own style and your own specialties and your own um things but i think if you're if you're setting things too high along the way and your expectations are too too much if you're a type of individual that can't accept getting tapped out then you're never going to make it past white belt yep then you won't make it past your first day of practice probably mm-hmm. i don't know how many of you seen come through the gym and, and do a practice or two but they just can't handle it and I think that's awesome when you find somebody that can handle that, mm-hmm. that can get tapped out, and it and it fuels them to come back and learn. And I think then you got something, you got the the makings for somebody special mm-hmm. in life. Like you said, it translates to past beyond jujitsu. But mm-hmm. when you find that person that can that can take a defeat and then kind of encapsulate it and surround it with information and then turn that into a victory mm-hmm. and that's that's really cool that's yeah fun I, to watch. I feel like from my observations you know um i've seen most people drop out of our sport at least um because of the humility aspect right mm-hmm. it's the sport is you're going to be humbled every single day. It doesn't matter if you're a black belt. doesn't matter if you're a white belt. Mm-mm. Expect to be humbled. And if you can't deal with having your ego shattered on a daily basis and see that, that learning opportunity, like, hey, instead of seeing this as like, I'm the worst person ever, I stuck at this, but instead seeing like, oh, I can improve in these areas. Like these, these things were pointed out to me today. Thank you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you can't handle that, that humbleness then you you won't last so you said with with white belts um you know i see so many white belts just come in with the expectation like i'm gonna start tapping people out right away yeah Um, frustration right and the frustration right but if we need to reel that expectation way down and and not even expect to not get tapped you know in your first year every practice you should expect to lose you know, and that, yeah, and that's a hard thing to. It's a hard thing to, to grasp that mm-hmm. you're signing up and going to pay for a sport that you're gonna you're gonna get annihilated mm-hmm. by people one fourth your size or or whatever that like you just. It's a hard thing to get your mind around, but I don't know how many times in my after hours or right after practice I've had tears. Uh, mm-hmm. from white belts of and each one of them seem to think that they're individual and wondering why that they're, they're not excelling mm-hmm. because you're comparing yourself to the blue right. and the purple belts and the brown belts and the black belts that are on the map that's and that's awesome i'm glad that that's your that's your end goal and that's that's your your destination but 
you got to keep in mind that that's your that's that is your destination mm-hmm. that's not that's not the person on the journey right next to you right now they already passed that part of the journey mm-hmm. a ways back so you might be running the same trail but they're they're way up on the hill so <laughs> you're just learning how to get up that first little little cliff so, yeah i tell um yeah you tell oh yeah so i i tell my clients um you know, definitely to have a focus more on the journey than, than the outcome. Um, just because like you said, like setting daily benchmarks, like what can I do today to reach that long-term goal? Then at the end of the day, I can feel accomplished versus I don't feel accomplished because I'm not, you know, a black belt today, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so maintaining a focus on, on the present moment, you know, what can you do today? Uh, even if you can't get to the gym, what can you still do to improve your game when you do get back to the gym, right? So um, that's something I learned um, in the colored belts. You know, I wasn't doing it in white belt, but in blue and purple, I started studying videos. I started, you know, reading articles, you know, talking to other um, jujitsu practitioners like all the time. And, you know, I consider that training off the map. You know, I'm doing meditation, I'm doing yoga, I'm doing other things that are benefiting me on the mat when I'm there because I can't spend 16 hours a day in the gym on the mat. You know, I don't know how you do it. Yeah, I don't <clears throat> you spend a lot of time there, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so then I want to get back to this, this piece about, you know, pulling, pulling something positive from tragedy. Um, because that's, that's something that, um, you know, as one of your students, as one of your friends, I watch. I'm, I'm an expert watcher, right? That's my profession. Is yeah. I watch people and I, I read people. Um, and when I watch you, you know, I've known you for over five years now, and I've seen you go through a lot of stuff. Um, and so I want to get back to to that a little bit. And you could talk. Uh, we could both talk from our experience in this. But um, you know, you had a, you know, got your. You've had your black belt and then knee injuries, multiple injuries in wrestling and, um, you know, lots of surgeries for your back. And, yeah, back surgeries, knee surgeries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then coming back from that, too, that's another thing that I see a lot of dropout from, right, is someone will experience a minor injury or a major injury, and then they get in the mindset that it's over for me. I'm done. You oh, know? yeah. Whereas and then there's other I, people. I'm not going to say that I haven't. Sure. Dipped in those realms. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's a, a solid line. I think it's a very mm-hmm. fluid mm-hmm. Um, between what are you what are you capable of and and then those injuries and those setbacks take you into a dark little place mm-hmm. that that a lot of people can stay. And I think it's it's takes somebody a little unique to be able to pull out of those situations and and still fight and yeah. still search for more but and even more unique is people who go through multiple major injuries i think and still you know almost use a, use an injury then as like a motivation to get back like for me i've i've had nine knee surgeries in my in my history uh, bicep reattached uh, broken noses all sorts of things um and each time I get an injury, I mean, yeah, I do find myself dipping my toe back in those depression waters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've gained skills through going through this so many times that I can snap myself out more quickly. Yeah. Um, but for me, like, I use it as a motivator. Like, oh, 
this is just one more um, challenge. Um, you know, yeah, my opponent needs that advantage because, uh, you know, I got so much coming behind what I got to bring, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I think my last surgeon told me, he's like, you're never going to run again. You've had nine knee surgeries. You need two full knee replacements. Yeah, and, and it I, changes, it shocks your world when yeah. you hear stuff like that. And I walked out, but I walked out of the office and I chose to think more, you know, more in line with my goals and my dreams. And when he told me that, I left the office, you know, flipping him off in my head, yeah. saying like, watch me, watch me go run. Because yeah, you know? we take the challenge from it. Exactly. We take the, and I don't think they even meant to present it as a challenge. It's just, I think maybe a little bit about who we are. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're really just simply saying you shouldn't, you shouldn't be capable of doing these things anymore. Now your life is changing. And I think we, we hear that as a, you're not going to, and we really don't like to accept that. So mm -hmm. not only are we going to, but we're going to go far beyond that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think uh, it's, Finding a way to to understand that that when you get those injuries and when you're when you're told that you are not going to be able to do certain things or parts of your life that mean a lot to you are going to be taken away from you. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be allowed to participate in those areas of your life, which really define you and 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 have for a long time that. And to be able to sit on the sideline and watch what your passion in your heart and what you really want to be doing is happening without you. Whether it's through coaching or whether it's through participating or you're just seeing all the team rolling at the end of practice and you're realizing that you're now the coach sitting on the sidelines. Mm. And, and then you, you go through a realization that do you really want to be this guy? I mean, I know I want to be the coach, but uh, do I want to be the one watching? Or do I want to be the one that's out there leading and out there, there being able to do what I say mm -hmm. I can do, what I'm showing I can do, and the, effective, the effectiveness of what I know, can I, can I back it up? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I've said for a long time, and obviously there's been dips in in the in the system along the way but i've said the whole time when i can't do what i'm telling you to do when i can no longer do it i don't i don't want to be that style coach mm -hmm. that's that's never my intention my intention is to be the kind of coach that can do what i say mm -hmm. um, and i think that's driven that's really what been one of the keys for me to pull through these injuries and to pull through um, just other life events and anything else that's taken my my focus or my my passion or dwindled anything along the years. I've been doing this a long, long time, so there's been a lot of ups and downs. But I think one of the biggest driving factors is just just know who I am and know that I'm always going to be a certain style. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm I'm really not willing to accept less than that. Um, I know that there's a whole world out there that's not coaching and it's not gym related, but as long as I'm choosing to be that coach and I'm choosing to be, to live that role in life, then I'm choosing everything that goes along with it. Mm -hmm. And that's to be a leader, you know what I mean? To, 
to do, to be able to do what I say. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I think that's huge. And it, all, it doesn't always translate into competition. It's just to be able to roll with my top level guys, you know what I mean? And, and to do, no, in, in some respects, I expect that eventually they'll, they'll beat me. I just still need that's to be able to. That's the goal, right? Yeah, and that's uh, that's the uh, that's the ultimate goal mm-hmm. is to create something stronger than yourself. Yeah, and that that's in uh, with technique through strength, endurance, whatever it whatever it takes. I mean, <clears throat> I think that's an awesome thing when you start to get threatened by your students. It's it it's a good thing. It's mm-hmm. a really good thing. And I don't think that's what would be what, what would affect me in a in a in the wrong way. I think that would be actually what would excel me. Mm-hmm. But I still need to be the style of coach that can be out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Feeling that, pushing that, creating that through force. Because you hear that phrase a lot, that like how how things are created is just grinding and steel on steel and Mm -hmm. this is what creates us and i think if you're not part of that then you're you're just the grease between the two steel bars and that's not doing much for anybody yeah you're not sharpening your own edge yeah you got to stay sharp if you want to create sharpness so you know it sounds to me like you realize that your jujitsu is still evolving right as you get more injuries you you have to you know You know, I, this is a, something I learned the hard way, but something that that I deal a lot with with my athlete clients is um, that sudden loss of identity through an injury, right? Because mm-hmm. your whole life is tied up in this athletics, and then it's just ripped out from under you, and you're like, "Who the hell am I now?" Um, so this loss of identity happens, and then it's about a readjustment. So not not so much, um, you know, I lost completely who I am. Yeah, you can stay stuck on that thought, or you can choose a more productive thought and say, now I get to recreate who I am, right? Oh, check this out. So so this is huge. Um, And it's, I think, a a little bit specific to Mm jujitsu is, you know, you, the more more knowledge you have with jujitsu, the more you go up through your belt levels, the more you have experience and technique and... And the more you understand jujitsu, the less you have to do. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome, <laughs> especially when you hit fascia preta or, right. or black belt level, because then... Everybody you, wants to roll with you. Yeah, but the funny thing is you don't, you don't have to. I remember working so hard as a blue belt. I mean, jujitsu so was a hard. different sport because it was all physical. Yeah. It was all no strategy and no... Nothing much else behind it, but now it's very, very true <coughs> that the more you kind of are, the better you are with jujitsu, the more you can do way less. Mm-hmm. And, and it's still not that you're not winning and you're not being able to, you're just placing yourself in the best position possible at all times mm-hmm. instead of only when needed. Um, so I, I think that's pretty pretty key with um changing the fact that over the over the time the injuries like i I think i've lost 60 percent of my capabilities in 
like jujitsu for as far as takedowns. If you look at all the takedowns I used to do as a college wrestler or or high school wrestler, I, I think six out of ten of those takedowns are now things I I would never even think about mm-hmm. because shooting of live yeah. because of injuries yeah. because yeah. I don't go to a low single anymore mm-hmm. as a go to like I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've adapted and changed over the years my takedown uh, repertoire, but mm-hmm. but even as those things are getting taken away, you, your your jujitsu is progressing. Yeah, you're creating. You're creating new. Mm-hmm. And so you're yeah. starting to learn how to use the mental aspect of jujitsu and the the quote unquote old man strength, mm-hmm. which. Who knows if we'll ever find out what that is mm-hmm. or why it's created, but it's definitely there. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people. Um, and you just add so many different realms to your to your jujitsu that you're that you get a, you get away with doing less mm-hmm. as far as the actual techniques. Yeah. And just stay cleaner with the ones that you do choose. Yeah, I've um, I've noticed too through injury in jujitsu, like. Um, and I tore my bicep off. Um, actually, I was grappling with you when that happened. <laughs> that was my fault, though. <laughs> but, um, no, when that happened, um, you know, I think a lot of people in the gym just expected to not see me for a while. But I was in the gym the next week, and tying my arm up to my chest with my belt, um, sort of taking that challenge mindset again, like, mm-hmm. okay, so I'm missing... So the, in this scenario... I'm missing an arm, or someone just armbarred me, and I can't use my arm anymore. Yeah. I still have to be able to beat my opponent now with one less arm, um, you know. And almost instead of thinking of it as a disadvantage for me, I think of it as like, yeah, you know, my opponent needs this disadvantage in order to even reach my level, you know, like almost overcompensating the confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and my my jujitsu game changed for the next six months while I was healing. You know, oh, yeah. I, I got good at one arm grappling. I good, got good at one arm passing and all these things. Um, so I adjusted. And then when I got the capability back in my arm, then I just had that tool back. Right. Mm-hmm. But I had just developed this whole another side. So with the knee injuries, like with you too, I noticed like we have trouble with rubber guard. Mm-hmm. I didn't used to, but now no, I do. It was my thing before. Yeah. yeah. And now I do. But that's, that's okay because we, we may drop one thing or we may use it way less, but we... We work. We learn to work around things rather than thinking of it as a barrier that's going to stop us in our tracks. It's just like no, that's just a speed bump. Like that's yeah, not going to stop me. And it's not much different than what we were talking about much, much earlier. Is and being humble, being able to accept that that's like tapping out. That's mm-hmm. the daily tapping out. Saying, okay, well, well, maybe hitting a high a high sing, a high C from over here and maybe dropping this to a fireman's carry is would be what I used to do but I can't do that anymore that's not going to be a move for me anymore but what I what I am and I'm going to tap out on that one and that and that's hard to do that's mm-hmm. hard to accept that I, that you're not a good rubber guard guy anymore mm-hmm. because it was a part of your jujitsu it was part of your identity as your jujitsu and you're you're kind of letting that part go and you have to be willing to do that mm-hmm. I think too many people try to hold on to things even when they realize it's not going to be for them anymore mm-hmm. and that's why you don't have that longevity 
It's being able to accept that that's not a thing for you anymore and, and just then you can start building your walls higher up and focus on building stronger in other areas. Because mm-hmm. if your focus is stuck on still trying to be great at rubber guard when you physically can't be great at rubber guard anymore, then I think you're, you're missing the point and you're probably heading right towards another injury. So. Yeah. And, you know, I experienced that on a much broader scale too. Like when I first tore my knee up, um, I had no thought of going back into the gym. But what I realized that, you know, this huge chunk of my life was taken away, but it freed up a lot more time and energy and space in my life for me to start focusing on other areas of my life that I had been neglecting because I was so involved Mm -hmm. with athletics. So the first time I was sidelined, you know, my grades got better in school. Uh, My relationships with other people got better because I was spending more time with them. So I I was boosting up these other areas of my life so that when jujitsu came back into my life, you know, now all these other areas were in balance too. So like taking that sort of an aspect too, that even though you're sidelined, it's just temporary most of the time. Um, It'll be permanent if you allow yourself to stay there. Um, But that's, do you think that's a personal choice or do you think that's like ingrained in people? Um, Just that, that uh, the need or the desire to overcome that challenge from injury? I, I think it's just an individual thing as well. I mean, everybody, takes different steps in life and and are led different ways by by different events uh, what you choose as long as you're progressing really I think as long as you're making making adaptations along the way and and as long as you have an end goal I guess is really what defines people is or or short term term obtainable goals mm-hmm. really will change that obviously in life just going a little bit further everybody wants certain things happiness mm-hmm. uh, some luxuries in life uh, connections in life love uh, friendships whatever they're looking for I mean they're not wouldn't be crazy if you said that you'd want some of those things and but to to those are usually the end goals mm-hmm. success but i think a lot of people lose track of the journey and when you look at the journey itself that's actually where life is happening right <laughs> that's that's what i think a lot of people lose out don't on. miss it right? yeah and they're so focused on what they want yeah. in the future that they forget where they are right now. Yeah, they're focused on what they don't have yet. Yeah. Rather than and what their, they do have. Their weekend is already is already destroyed because they're they're worrying about what their paycheck is gonna be next Friday. And they haven't even experienced this weekend yet. Mm-hmm. So I think people sometimes live too a little too far in the future mm-hmm. and are constantly upset because they're not getting there. And I think it's kind of nice when you when you take an injury or you take a, a life lesson and you realize, like you said, you clean up the areas in your life that were were lacking, mm-hmm. and and sometimes it was a tra- tragedy or a, or an injury that got you there, but it it frees your mind up to to see where you're actually at, mm-hmm. and so maybe you just entered more of the present tense. Mm-hmm. And 
and stop looking about the future. So the injury is almost the catalyst to bringing you to the yeah. present moment. It's like it has been for me. Yeah, me yeah. too. I'm a hard learner that way. Yeah, you know, it has been for me thinking about long-term goals with, with the gym and, and where I wanted to go and what I wanted to look like and who's going to do this and what are my hours going to be and what are the new classes and what are the new things, and then you start to really, when you're when you're forced off of the mat with injuries and when you're forced off of your own style. When you, when you're grap grappling live, you start to <coughs> have to see how you have to change things, and mm -hmm. and but you also notice how bad you want it, and how bad you need to be out there, and how bad you, and how strong your passion for it, it mm -hmm. really is still. Yeah. And that's good. It's good that it opens that up. Yeah, I find myself, you know, having to. You know, whether it's due to sickness, I was sick all week this week, so I was unable to be on the mat. And just, like, being away from it for a little bit, being forced to be away from it, mm -hmm. like, reinvigorates me. And, like, I, I felt like cravings all week. I was having jujitsu dreams and stuff and mm -hmm. just, like, like old addiction cravings coming back. It was crazy, you know. And sometimes it's those things are necessary to keep. This is a long journey. This is the only martial art that takes minimum, usually on average, 10 years to get a black belt. You know, so yeah. you better be in it for the journey. And don't don't think that getting a black belt right. is the end of the journey. Right, and so that's what that I would, is, yeah. That is not the way. So that's the next question I have for you, like being bringing us back to your present moment in your journey through this. You know, you you are a black belt, and what are you working on or focusing on right now in your jujitsu journey? I think honestly, a black belt is one of is the whitest yep. of belts. It's it the beginning. Big, the beginning, like you never understood it before. Mm -hmm. um, what you think you do know, you you have no idea. And what you think you can teach, you you have no idea. And what you think you're good at, you have no idea. So you don't have any idea about <laughs> anything at that point. It's all, but it's all okay. That's why it changes. Is is it's not just. It's. It's backed up by this sense of that's just fine. That's just okay. That's okay not to to have every single answer. Mm -hmm. It's okay not to be the the best or the most expert on the on the latest Barambolo techniques and and the new things that are coming out. The every it's okay not to have every answer to every single thing, and it's okay. Did not know the answers because it's your journey. It's my journey as a black belt to to rediscover jujitsu mm -hmm. through every student that comes through me. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool how you kind of just it just cycles right back through. As a white belt going through the first time, it was all about me. It was all about how fast can I learn? How fast can I do this? And a blue belt, it was about can I keep up with the other blue belts? Can I beat a purple belt? Can I beat, can I compete at this level? And then purple belt was just another, another step above that. Can I, oh, now I'm starting to be paired with the brown belts. And now I'm starting to be asked to teach class, to teach a class or two, or I'm being asked to, to do this or show a move. And then brown, then it's, it's, 
a lot different there. There's a lot more expectation. Mm-hmm. You're right on the heels of the black belts. More responsibility. More responsibility. Then black belt rolls around and you think, okay, well then I've just I've mastered this. That's just you mastered mastered nothing. Right. You just you just happen to be pretty Mm -hmm. good at some stuff. Mm -hmm. I guess is all it is. That's why I I love this sport so much, or this, uh, you know, it's more than a sport to me. But that's why I love it so much is because it's infinite. You Mm -hmm. know, and just when you think that you're you're pretty good at it, someone shows up and then taps you out all all night long, and you're like, okay. Yeah. Back to the drawing board. Thank you. You know. And then then you talk to somebody like uh, like you. You mentioned earlier, Sully. Yeah, Sully. Right when you think you're a black belt at Brazilian style jujitsu, mm-hmm. which we could just make that a segment. A sliver, yeah. And then you find out guys like this that are there's another whole sport that's mm-hmm. just so different than ours, and so, so ours just has a certain rule set, mm-hmm. and that's why we're really good at it because we have these rules that say. You can't slam somebody, you can't bite somebody, you can't do this, you can't punch, you can't do this. We're not going to strike on the ground, we're not going to knee people in the head. We're just going to focus on chokes Mm -hmm. and arm bars and leg locks. And you feel like, well, I'm a black belt in that, but I'm a black belt under those rule sets. So you change the rule sets, and when you realize that, that luckily I also teach and coach MMA, Mm-hmm. which is a much more open mindset. Mm-hmm. It's not following the rules as much. Um, there are obviously rules to it, but you have so many more styles of fighting put together. So I think I, I'm, I'm happy to do both. Mm-hmm. I like the, the structure of jujitsu from my mind because it's still very creative and you can still do a lot with jujitsu and for nogi grappling. Mm-hmm. But when you look at fighting and you realize that and even MMA is just still just under certain rule sets. Mm-hmm. So like you said, it's, it's infinite. It's sure. like realizing that, that if you're the king of this land, that you're, you're not only the king of, the the king of this land <laughs> and not the king of the world and you're not the king of multiple worlds and you're not the king of galaxies mm-hmm. you know what I mean it just goes on you just and when you realize that it's it's cool to be the king of this land and you should enjoy that but you just also have to realize what there's other not. kings out there yeah yeah and just understand where you're coming from so yeah yeah that's huge um yeah Sully's Sully's a phenomenon and unique on onto his his own you oh, know, I've, got stories. I've got stories on him he's awesome yeah me too um but he's motivating very motivating he is um and we'll have him on one of the later uh, podcast episodes so um don't you guys worry you'll, you'll get some of uh, michael sullivan's knowledge and philosophy um but you know we're in our last five minutes and um i wanted to to again thank you for coming coming on the podcast. Of course, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, um, not as difficult as you thought it was. No, no, no. <laughs> Once you get into the conversation, it, it works out pretty well. Um, but yeah, you know, we covered a lot of great things today. I feel like a lot of the stuff we went over, um, if taken seriously um, and implemented, you know, knowledge is one thing, and that's another thing I like that Henry Rollins says. He says, knowledge without mileage is bullshit. So knowledge is one thing, but... 
I hope for, for you listeners that you take something from the podcast and apply it to your life. And if you guys are having trouble, take, maybe you're interested in one of these concepts, maybe how, how to reform your identity or how to um, navigate through injuries and you need some help with that, by all means, reach out to, to me um, and uh, we, can, we can help you work through that stuff too. That's what we're here for. We're here to provide information and services and knowledge and experience um, not for our benefit, but for the benefit of all mankind so that we can all evolve as people mm-hmm. um, and learn from each other, right? Um, I want people who don't do jujitsu to still learn some of the lessons that you and I learned through, you know, the hard work and the blood, oh, sweat, yeah, and they tears. Run the game, whether right. you're talking about jujitsu or weightlifting or non-sport related things, mm-hmm. relationships, they're all the same. Yeah. When you really look at the foundations of, of how, to, how to live a healthy and mm-hmm. good life. I think it's about self-exploration, challenging yourself, overcoming challenges, um, overcoming fears, you know, and and not avoiding any of that stuff, but seeking yeah, those things out avoiding, with curiosity. You know, accepting that things change and accepting, but still wanting to strive and still wanting to, to, to excel. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks again for coming. Um, uh, it was a great conversation. So I want to remind all of our listeners that um, we are sponsored by MindOps.com. Um, so reach out to us uh, there. Um, I also want to give Z some space, too, to plug uh, the gym a little bit and his website. So go ahead and yeah, let the Z's audience know. Yeah, Training Gym, www.zsgym. Um, come in. We're, ro- we're in Fort Collins. Uh, we've got... Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and, which we talked a lot about, and mixed martial arts. We've been doing that for a long time, and, and our boxing program is run by Tim Higgins, and he is an awesome coach. So come get into the combat sports and really start to understand who you are as a person mm-hmm. and, and also learn some really cool stuff as you do it. So Yeah, so these combat sports are not just about learning how to you know, fight or defend yourself or break bones or whatever. It is more than that it's a it's about self-discovery and about learning like you said who you are where your weaknesses are working on those weaknesses with other people that are supportive Mm -hmm. and collaborative you know i know for me the people at the gym have become a family to me you know so um you know reach out guys and uh you know don't be afraid to take that first step you know we we so often get stuck in this um, paralysis because of fear, you know, that we fail to take the first step. And that is the number one way to guarantee failure is to not take that first step, whether you're injured or whether you're overcoming depression or um, struggling through whatever you're going through. Um, take that first step to get yourself out of that. OK, you have that control. So um, reach out to us. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please like and share our podcast. We appreciate you. Um, And we'll see you next time.